You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. I would like to read this uh, scripture that I'm going to preach from to you before I begin my sermon. Here beginneth the 15th chapter of the Gospel according to St. John. I am the true vine, and my Father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it might bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you." Here in John 15, Jesus is with his disciples at the Last Supper. This is the last part of his farewell address, and it is the last of his I am statements in the Gospel according to St. John. Jesus identifies himself as the true vine. And what we're supposed to glean from this as readers of Scripture is is the Old Testament imagery that that connotes. It is um, the the nation of Israel was supposed to be the vine. And, And when you read the prophecies that are in the Old Testament, when you read the Psalms in the Old Testament, you hear a lot about the vine. And it's usually reserved for judgment because of, of Israel's failure to be a priest to the nations. And so what we're, what we're reading here and what we're hearing Jesus say is that Jesus is fulfilling Israel's role as priest to the nations. This is a very, this is a very a powerful statement here uh, by Jesus. You see, any time that you're in the Old Testament, you know, don't think of be like Daniel. Don't think of be like David. Uh, you're looking at types and shadows of Christ. You're looking at prophet. You're looking at priest. You're looking at king. Types and shadows of the ways that Jesus fulfills the promises that are in the Old Testament. I am the true vine. This has far-reaching and deep implications. 
And I would like to speak of one in particular. In verse 5, Jesus says, turn back to verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. The Greek for branches are tendrils. Do you know what tendrils are for those of you who do gardening? The, the tendrils are the little, the, little, um, the little green shoots that come out of the vine and they kind of circle around and, and they're the one, they sort of, um, fruit comes from them. They, they, uh, they help the vine go where the vine wants to go, you know, because the vine is, is growing. And so, um, and so the tendrils, the branches completely and utterly derive their lives from the vine. Alone, they would shrivel and die. They are attached to the vine. They are dependent on the vine. They produce fruit. They do all the things that I mentioned. And this is why this is such a good metaphor. This is such a good teaching that Jesus is giving us because life, purpose, trajectory is located in the true vine. The branch or the tendril abides in the vine. And Jesus identifies himself as the vine. And he tells his disciples, he tells us to abide in him. Now, as I was thinking about the sermon, as I was thinking about the scripture, I decided to take a little walk around the neighborhood where I live in Houston. And I began thinking of abiding. What does that mean to abide? It means to stay. It means to remain. It means to endure. Abide. And then I had this other thought. What am I abiding in? What do I usually abide in? What am I staying in? What do I attach myself to? What do I remain in? What gives me life? What do I look for in life? And what do I attach myself to to find it? And I was thinking about this. I was not proud of the answer. Of course, you think of the immediate things in your life, your day-to-day things that you might abide in. You say, here's what I do. Here's my schedule. I go, I work at the church. I come home. I help my family. We help. We we do uh, uh, homework. We get the kids to bed. And then I lose myself in Netflix, you know, Cobra Kai and my, uh, or, or, or whatever, or um, shopping online. Did you know that when you hit the buy now button with Amazon and when you come home the next day and you see a package on your doorstep, you get a little dopamine shot. That is actually true. Shopping online, so it could be Christmas every day. Did you know that? It could be Christmas every day. Minecraft. My, my oldest son sort of introduced me to Minecraft. I'm, and I kind of have created my own world in these houses and things. And I don't know what else to do. I can't find the, the potion for underwater breathing. A lot of you don't know what I'm talking about. But it's, 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 it's a video game. And so my, my, my son has introduced that to me. But, you know, if, if there's anything like cotton candy coping... It's what I do. Because when you engage in that, of course, your problems are still there. They're still going to weigh you down on the other side when you come out of Cobra Kai. So I abide in empty consumption. 
and there's no nourishment there. Well, what else? There's the news feed where I go and get my news. And, and, and these days, of course, it's less about true and objective information and more about confirmation bias. And so I sit there with my news feed and with my one vote out of 280 million, and I stew in outrage and um, schadenfreude and self-righteousness. And so I, I connect myself to that. And of course, then there's one's life formation. You know, we've, we've all been sort of hard-boiled in a particular pot, right? Um, we, we, we've all been raised and formed in a particular um, uh, way. And, and, and one's life formation over, over one's life, all that has gone past, our particular culture, our particular tribe that we were raised in. And we all have one, a tribe, a culture. And of course, there are powerful reinforcements to your allegiance to your tribe. There are boundary markers that one must not cross with your tribe. And some, there's some very good things with one's tribe and culture, and there's some very mistaken things. Breaking with it can be costly at times, but I abide in my culture. I abide in my tribe where I seek belonging and where I seek love. And as, I, as long as I stay within the boundaries that have been set out before me and remain loyal, I might receive those. I abide in superficial things. I abide in detrimental things. I abide in empty things. I abide in conditional things. I abide in unreliable things. And I can tell in my life, I can tell how it affects my relationships, how it affects my mood, my outlook. I abide in dead vines and I keep coming back to them for life. Jesus says, I am the true vine. The branches and the tendrils, they are attached with the vine such that they are one. And life is pulsating through the vine through the branches, a growing life, an active life, a regenerating life, a recreating life. Abide in me, he says. Looking at verse 9, as we work through this briefly, listen to what Jesus says to his disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Did you know that you, as a Christian, are loved as much as the Father loves the Son? Can, can we even fathom that sort of love? I mean, we, I think about my sons who are in Houston and, and in class right now in school. And I think about the love with which I love them. I would do anything for them. But that is a drop in the bucket compared to the love that the Father has for the Son. And a drop in the bucket is compared to the love that God has for you. 
Abide in my love, he says. An active love, perfect, deep, endless, divine love. And as the disciples contemplate Jesus' words and, and think about what it must mean to be loved by Jesus as the Father loves the Son, he goes even further. And he describes the love in verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You see, this is the last part, as I have said, of Jesus' farewell discourse. He is about to be betrayed. He is about to be arrested. And this provides a powerful context on the kind of love that we are talking about. What motivated this love that he is going to go to, to do these things, to be betrayed, to be arrested, to be killed on a Roman cross? It's not dashed naivete. It's not well-meaning gone wrong. It is certainly not some nice moral teacher of ethics who went astray of the authorities. That's not what we're talking about. Jesus went to the cross and in, intentionally, willingly offered himself as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You see, there is an obstacle. We inherently do not abide in God. We don't look to him for our identity. We don't look to him for direction. We don't look to him for relationship. We look to ourselves. We abide in the things that suit us, but they're dead ends. Our hearts, our minds, our souls lead us to dead vines. They promise things to us. They seduce us, but they take life from us, and we keep going back. But we have verse 13 describing Jesus' love for us. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You know, we deal with people who are very intransigent sometimes, and sometimes we cut off the relationship, we move on as they say. But instead, in the love of Christ for us, in the mystery of the Trinity, and the shocking act of the cross, the second person of the Trinity, the word through whom creation was made, becomes the lamb slain to remove the obstacle. And in Christ, there is no more obstacle between us and God. And he doesn't stop there. Verse 15, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Did you know that God the creator of the universe, the redeemer, the font of life, the logos, the very living water himself calls you 
friend. He calls you friend. Because of what Jesus is about to do after this discourse, you are a friend of God. Not because you're a great guy. Not because you're really great in a dinner conversation. But because of what he has done. You know, I sort of like Victorian hymns. I mean, some of them can be a little bit sappy, I admit. Um, but, you know, I, I, I love any time that I can get my organist choir master to play Rock of Ages, um, I do it. I just, what came to mind as I was thinking about this is a, is a hymn you probably remember, that you might remember from your youth, you might have sung it here at the Advent. It's called, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Y'all remember that one? I want to, the second verse goes like this. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble everywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Jesus says, I am the vine. I am the true vine. Find life in me because I am the author of life. I am the vine. You are the branches. You and me, I and you. And because of what I have done for you, you are my friend. Abide in my love. As I mentioned yesterday, when God hollows us out, he is faithful to fill us back up because he is the true vine. Abide in his love. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.